What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First in 10 podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Your host, Dave Sturgeo, alongside two of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. You guys smell that? You smell that? It smells like a victory. That's what it smells like. It smells like the Cowboys escape with one 20 to 17 over the Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, who now moved to 0 2. That's a whole nother story for anybody covering that team because, my goodness, what are they going to do? We thought we had offensive line woes. (laughs) So, anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying your rides to work today as you join the First of 10 podcast. Tony, your first thoughts. I know we're feeling we're feeling it right now. We are juiced up. We're ready to go. Um, your first takeaways from this uh, victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they followed the recipe of exactly how we thought they needed to win, right? This defense had to be tough. You would like to see them clamp down and not give up that touchdown at the end there. But when given another chance, Diggs comes up with a big play. That's what the recipe. Huge tackle. I mean, insane, right? Like, And looking at the stat line, I know um, Aiden, you're a stats guy, but if, if the numbers are correct, it says Jamar Chase versus Trayvon Diggs. He had one catch for six yards the whole day. So that's Ooh, that's clamp baby. season. That's clamp that's not, season. That's not, that's not so bad for having a couple flaws and holes in his game, right? That's, that's not it. so bad. <laughs> and I will say, Anthony Brown, it seemed like, was playing a lot on Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. I felt like Anthony Brown had a good game, too. I don't know how he, he also, like. It. Yes, yeah, yes Anthony it. Brown still allowed some catches, and you're going up against Jamar Chase. That's going to happen. But I was impressed with the way Jamar Chase played today or with the way Anthony Brown played today. For sure. And, kind of, you know, it's it's interesting to kind of just finish up my thought there. It's um, this was I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I pride myself on being optimistic, but real for the, the listeners, for the people that I write for. I did not think the Cowboys were going to win this football game. I thought there was enough flaws. But. You know, you could see early on this team was playing with purpose. They had a plan. That first drive by Kellen Moore to, to start the game, I know it's scripted. It was masterful. Now, I think they got a little conservative, didn't really believe that they were in a position to win. They almost booted it away there. But listen, the Cowboys did what they had to do, and this might be the recipe for the whole season, not just when, you know, Dak Prescott is out. It's going to be with defense. It's going to be grinding it out. And, uh, man, we're 1-1 one one instead of 0-2, so that feels good. Aiden and Tony, I guess I'll throw this up to you. There was a couple times, I'm not about to put a damper on this at all, but there was a couple times Michael was taking some plays off. We'll get into Michael Parsons in a second. Took a couple plays off, reached down, grabbed his shin a couple times. You guys aren't hearing anything about Micah Parsons being hurt or banged up, are you? Any of you guys? I haven't heard anything yet, and I think that the most encouraging sign was during that final series where the defense needed to stop. Not right. only was he in there, but he was going hard up the interior, so... Yeah, yes. I mean, look, we all know we can get into Cooper Rush in a little bit because, look, this is, he is now officially still reigning and undefeated as a starting quarterback in the NFL at 2-0. Uh, we'll get into that. But I got to say, man, I mean, look, it goes without saying, Micah Parsons is just not a human being at this point. He is a, like he's a Martian. He's not from this planet. Like, it's just he's playing so well. And it's like it, my brother actually brought this up. Uh, when he was sitting on the sidelines, we were up, I believe, 14 to three at the time. And they went to they panned to him. The broadcast panned to Micah Parsons and he did not look happy. Right. It's like never satisfied this guy. Like he's just never satisfied. He wants to be on the field at all times. He wants to keep continuing to dominate. And he did just that. Joe Burrow was in for a world of hurt. And we saw what TJ Watt was able to do last week before he you know tore his pack like they were getting to him. So I knew that this was going to be a a chance for the Cowboys. If their Cowboys are going to be in this game, it was going to be because the defense held these guys in check and they did just that. So Tony elaborate a little bit more on your, your, uh, your thoughts about Micah Parsons in game two of year two for his career. 
a bona fide stud. I mean, this guy is out of bounds, like insane. Like for him to come out here and you can tell how the Cowboys felt. And, you know, obviously Michael Parsons is going to have some say in this game plan. He was lined up on Lyle Collins a lot. I think they really enjoyed that matchup. I think he understood from all the practice reps and training camp reps that they had last year that Michael Parsons knew that was a matchup that he could win. Uh, you can't say enough good things about this guy. This guy is on the cusp, if he isn't already there, as one of the league's absolute best players. And that is, you know, MVP caliber, defensive player of the year caliber, four sacks in two games. Um, there's there, there just isn't enough positive things to say about Micah Parsons and he's that one guy on this team that if you got him there you got a chance every single week because you know he's going to give you 110 miles per hour every single snap he's on pace now for 34 sacks uh to, to go in 2022 <laughs> <laughs> so we shall see if he goes out there and smashes the record Aiden outside of Aiden Dave uh, outside of Aiden Davis outside of Micah Parsons I mean you guys are both the goat so it's okay um outside <laughs> of Micah Parsons um the defense absolutely stiffened up when they needed to. Obviously, a touchdown late, two-point conversion late. There were a couple things. Look, the Bengals made adjustments. The Bengals made a, a, the, the exact adjustments they needed to do. They got the ball out quicker. They did all that. They, they The recipe was in favor of them the entire second half of the way. I felt like we got dominated in the second half. Um, but if you look at this team as a whole on the defensive side of the ball, besides Micah Parsons, who else is flashing for you guys? My big winner today on the defensive side outside of Micah Parsons would be Leighton Van Der Esch. He, Ooh, got yeah. the sack, he got the sack in the game, but to me, that was I saw him make a – he made a tackle on Joe Mixon where he had to chase Mixon to the sideline, and he met him there. Like, that's stuff that we have not seen from Leighton Van Der Esch in a while. You're starting to get the speed back as he's staying healthy from what we're seeing. And so I've just I, – I didn't really see much of it last week, and I wasn't super impressed last week, but – this week's Leighton Van Der Esch is the Leighton Van Der Esch that I expected based off what we saw in the second half of last year. And I think we can be really confident in this linebacking core now. Yeah. Anthony Barr outside of one bad penalty, which wasn't even close to being an actual penalty. There's there's unnecessary roughnesses and then there's unnecessary roughness. That one was not it. You know what I mean? Like they're both like, what is he supposed to do? You know, like you they the the league thinks that these guys are superhuman freaks where they could just stop on a dime and just not make a collision when they're in full pursuit of somebody. You know, the next one that we saw, yeah, all right. There's probably you probably get out of the way. You know, <laughs> a little more like, egregious. You know going down. Yeah. yeah. The bonehead play. But uh Anthony Barr played great. I have to say, you know, with the the um unfortunately going into this game, we knew we weren't gonna have Basham, right? But I can't say enough about guys like Dante Fowler and uh, Sam Williams. You know, both Lawrence Armstrong too. Lawrence Armstrong yeah. too. Yeah, like everybody got in the rotation, and it looked like th that these guys are all of a sudden, dare I say, deep on the defensive line. You know, as far as the defensive uh, ends are concerned, even the middle, like you saw the rotation. I saw a bunch of Tristan Hill out there, and then I saw Neville Gallimore, and then I saw a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They were mixing it up. The defense, man, I'm telling you right now, Tony, this is the kind of defense that that. Look, I, look, yes, one and one. Not about to say they're going to the Super Bowl anytime soon but uh, in, in regards to this game. But what I'm saying is these are the defenses, the bend but don't break, the ones that pursue and get to the passer. These are the defenses that can take you when your offense is, is, is on the skids. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, after rewatching week one's game, not to kind of rehash that, there was a lot of negatives to take from that game. But the one positive was how the defense fought. Now, Tom Brady, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, that's a legitimate Super Bowl caliber offense. Right. And, the, and this team went toe to toe, only gave up one touchdown to the GOAT. So I took a lot of positive from the way that defense moved forward. And, you know, I felt good about it. 
you felt a little concerned about the fact that they were kind of getting gashed in the running game, but Leonard Fournette, he's not, he's not a slouch. Right. And I think they kind of bottled up Joe Mixon and some AJP Ryan today. So um, I feel really good about this defense. Like you said, it's, it's going to take a different type of effort this year. This is not the 2021 Cowboys where they're going to be able to go three wide and sling it around. They're going to have to keep these games close, have the defense kind of get some takeaways and some, you know, some big stops, but but that is a recipe we've seen the NFL teams be successful and win championships like. Yeah, um, I will say, flipping on over to the offensive side of the ball, in the absence of Michael Gallup, you know that the, this wide receiver room was going to be asked to do a lot. And I think before the game, seeing that Jalen Tolbert was once again inactive and you're looking at Dennis Houston's in there and you're like, man, who's going to step up, bro? It was only a matter of time before Noah Brown did his thing, and, and he really played a wonderful game of football tonight. And, you know, you said before, Tony, that, that you know, they can't go three wide. They can't sling it around. I say yet because when Michael Gallup gets back, they're going to have the ability to do that, and they're going to have to have – you know, defenses will keep guessing. But, Aiden, when, when you look at Noah Brown, is that somebody that you could, in the absence of any of our receivers – do you think this guy could be a step in and fill in going forward? I mean, it looks like Cooper Rush and him had a pretty nice rapport tonight. Um, do you think he's one of those guys that can he's been consistent as a run blocker and everybody knows his style of play? But like tonight, we saw the emergence of Noah Brown. Yeah, I think when Noah Brown gets targets and this is what kind of confused me about the game plan last week. I didn't think we were really feeding Noah Brown as much as we should have because Noah Brown is about as consistent a receiver as they come. He's not going to burn you deep. He doesn't have an insane first step. He's not going to he's not the best route runner in the league. But wait, he do, he's just good at all of those things and good to the point where he has reliable hands. He's going to make the catch and he's going to make the play and when you're looking at this wide receiving core with CD Lamb and nobody else, that's exactly what you need right now. So I've been I thought the game from Noah Brown today is what we need to see moving forward where yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not going to put up a thousand yards this season, but he's going to give you the catches when you need it, and he's going to be that reliable option when CD starts getting double teams. So, I was happy with the way they used Noah Brown today. Tony, uh, the man they know, the goat, uh, the legend that is of Cooper Rush is now two and zero as a starter, and he slung that ball around a little bit in the beginning. The Cowboys came out super aggressive. They got super conservative in the second half. We'll get into all the play calling in a little bit, but. When you look at Cooper Rush and what he was able to do, are you scratching your head a little bit as far as like the play call? Like he put more ball air under that ball than Dak did in week one. You know what I mean? Like there, there was no shots taken down the field. There was nothing. So do you think that this this style of play just caters to his style of play? Or like was it a play calling thing? Like what's your analysis of Cooper Rush? Now that you said, and I know like you think you went on social media with this you said if we can just get one you know one or two wins out of this little stint that we have Cooper Rush will be in good shape when Dak gets back I'm not about to stir up the pot I'm not about to say oh Cowboys are going to play better with Cooper Rush like anybody who thinks that are the same people that are like oh Tony Pollard needs to start Zeke's got to go you know what I mean like those are the same people and I just I don't agree with you people and it's just whatever it's my opinion and that's it but um when you look at Cooper Rush now going forward and specifically in this game what did you see out of him 
you know, it's interesting. I think you got to give Cooper Rush all the credit in the world. He went out there. He's proven twice now that he is a NFL quarterback that can win football games, right? I think he's been in a fight for his job so many times, but he's ultimately found a way to win two games. He's 2-0. and Now, the, the way I look at the game plan and Kellen Moore, and maybe you guys see it differently and others may disagree, I think a lot of what last week looked like with Dak Prescott under center was a team that was very unsure of how the offensive line was going to hold up mixed with the fact that Tampa Bay has a really good defense, right? Their front seven is somebody that gets after the quarterback. They were trying to protect. They were trying to play more conservative in week one based on an opponent. I don't think it really had much to do with, you know, Dak Prescott versus Cooper Rush. Maybe Cooper Rush lets it sling a little more. I don't think that's the case. I think it was just a case by case. And they always say styles make fights. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is just a tough challenge for this Cowboys offense. They do a lot of things well that the Cowboys struggle with. We didn't know what we had in wide receivers in week one. We didn't know what they had in offensive line in week one. You go into week two, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Wait, Tyler Smith played. My funny arc went out there. We'll have to rewatch the film, but it looked like he held up well. Beata seems to be... You know, Beata seems to be kind of okay. And, you know, Zach Martin, Zach Martin. And I don't think we mentioned Terrence Steele one time. So, you know, ultimately when your offensive line is out there and gives up one sack and you're able to kind of go through your reads, things are different. I mean, Tampa Bay is a hell of a football team that can play some defense. So I think we're going to see this offense look different based on opponents, based on, you know, schemes. So um, I take it for what it's worth. Cooper Rush is 2-0. I feel good about him as a backup quarterback moving forward. But when Dak is here, Dak's the man, obviously. Aiden, um, now, look, Cowboys won. We can't uh, – we, we're not about to sit here and completely, like, dissect this team in, in a negative light. But you got to, you gotta like, kind of – okay, it was 17-3, to right? It was 17-3. to um, yeah, I, I, you know, I have to interrupt just because uh, there is a private chat and I'll tell us on the air, there is a private chat in this, uh, streaming service that we use to get this. And we are all hurting right now because of the screaming <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> so like all the apologies are coming in like, oh man, my voice sucks. And I'm like, guys, I got a brand new mojo show tomorrow that I have to do for the first time ever. <laughs> so I'm like, here I am screaming on the top of my lungs. And I had to like sit down immediately like, oh, you know, I just don't, it's, it's, it's exciting. My, my roommate, he's. We just moved in together. He's never experienced me as a Cowboys fan. And he's not a Cowboys fan, so he wasn't watching the game. And so he comes to me after the game. He's like, did you guys win or lose? Because I can't <laughs> tell based off your emotion. And like I told- last week, last week I was pretty dead for the Buccaneers game. Because yeah. What was there to cheer about? This right. week I was loud. Tony, I told Tony and Pre, I said, you know, if anybody just like jumped on and followed me out of nowhere today on Twitter for the first time ever, and they just saw me mid game, they think I'd have some serious, serious issues. And maybe I do. Maybe this Cowboys team. Absolutely. I literally looked up at my family tonight. And I said to him, I think it was when, uh, I don't know, it must have been like one of the, one of the many fourth down conversions or third down conversions that the Bengals had. And I just looked, I looked up in defeat and I said, nobody can hurt me like this team does. Like this team crushes me. But anyway, again, we won. So let's, let's all like, let's, let's shift the focus. Sunday night football is about to start. We're about to see Aaron Rodgers get lit up. It's going to be fun, right? As we say this, and as we, listen, people are going to be listening tomorrow. Like, well, he threw for five hundred and six touchdowns. <laughs> you know, I don't know what this guy's talking about, but uh, I will say this: um, in regards to the the first portion of this game, the play calling was great. It was aggressive. Mike McCarthy went out there, went for it on fourth down. People were like, "What are you doing?" And it's like at this point, I even said it. You know, people around me were like, they can't do this right now. This is too aggressive. I said, look, you know, if if they think they're going to have to score some points, they're going to have to do it early. They have to go for it here. Right. So like you're thinking you're you're appreciating the aggression. Right. 
You're up 17 to three at halftime. And you're, listen, I had a great dinner. That's usually when I eat dinner, halftime of the Cowboy game, right? So I'm like, this is great. This is feeling really nice. And we're watching Micah do his thing. So, Tony, I'll start with you. Understanding that the Bengals made their adjustments, and they did. They played very well in the second half. Like, what, what, what goes through the mind of a guy like Kellen Moore in his play calling in the second half where it was just like you knew what was coming? You knew. Like, how is it that people on Twitter and people within the media and Cowboys fans and whatever, we can call a much better game. And I'm not, I'm not even being, like, smart about it. Like, we can absolutely call a better game than what was called in the second half. Explain that. This is um, it's super fascinating. This question because when you look at Kellen Moore, it's the tale of two Kellen Moores. Really, when he has a whole week to to scheme up an opening drive, and those scripted plays are just, per, you know, they're well called, they're well designed. They they attack weaknesses of the defense. Where Kellen Moore is going to have to develop and this team isn't going to really thrive without him developing is when the scripted plays are over and you, and you've already emptied the clip on your best plays, the plays that you think are going to hit. It's the in-game things that he's going to have to adjust. It's not necessarily at halftime coming out at the third quarter. It's like, how do you attack a team, you know, halfway through the second quarter that's already seen some of your best plays. It's super fascinating because I think that's really what's holding Kellen Moore back to being a great play caller is the in-game things that he has to do. He has to grow and be better in that situation. I wonder if some of the some of the positives, and I'm not trying to take away take away anything from Kellen Moore here, but we heard that Mike McCarthy might be a little bit more involved in the offense this week heading into week two. I wonder if Mike McCarthy kind of inserted some more of his own opinions into the play calls. Ultimately, I think you hit a nail on the head though. You said this team came out aggressive in the first half. I think they didn't expect to be in the position they were in, and they were more playing to like not lose than to win this football game. So, I, that yeah, it's tough. I think Tony Romo hit it on the head if you guys were listening to the broadcast. I know he said something about it's like if you're like four under par at like hole 11 and you just want to like yep. get back to the clubhouse because you're having such a great game. Yeah, so that's what it seemed like was happening here. Aiden, um, you know, the tale of two halves, we saw that. Tony broke it down wonderfully. But like when, when you look at Kellen Moore, Going forward, where's your confidence in this guy? Like, what, what could we do as far as making sure we play four quarters of good offensive football? Because clearly it was just two quarters of good and then one final drive, you know, because that's really all it was. And look, in the NFL, it's a tricky thing, man. You win. A win is a win is a win. You know what I mean? No matter how you do it, you got it. But, you know, are we are we OK with what's what's happening here on the offense? It's weird because what we've seen from more historically, at least this is what I noticed in the past, is he actually comes out in the third quarter pretty solid. He's able to put together adjustments at halftime and then punch the other team in the mouth coming out in the third quarter. Now that falls off a little bit in the fourth quarter. He's not as good in the fourth quarter. So I think that's kind of what – that's the issue is that Kellen Moore, he's good when he has time to plan and when he has his plays under his – it looked – the offense couldn't have looked better for those scripted plays. It was, we moved down the field and were scoring at will for the first. And then after that, you kind of tell more had to start thinking on speed or adjusting. And so that, I just don't think game adjustments, but he can plan at halftime and he can come out strong at halftime. Very similar to what Tony said. So my confidence in Kellen Moore is, I don't know, a four. Okay, I mean, a four I'm, as also, I'm not, uh, 
You're also using a uh, dial-up connection tonight, uh, tonight, just so everybody's aware. Uh, that's okay. We heard most of it. We heard most of it, and that's okay. As he's frozen, look at him frozen, like with his. He was like, "Oh, what deer in headlights?" Um, but yeah, so let's let's adjust that or look into that. But that's it. Doesn't matter. But Kellen Moore, uh, obviously, he, he can't. He has the capabilities, but you got to be better on the in-game stuff. And it just makes zero sense to me that they can't put the foot on the throat. Now, another thing that kind of bugged me and and i understand look it all played out wonderfully right it all played out wonderfully brett maher gets on the field kicks a 50 yard game winner we're all doing the moonwalk out of our living rooms right we're all happy support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tony, explain to me time management when it comes to Mike McCarthy. Like, I was losing my mind as they let things tick away. Like, can you put some kind of – make it make sense is what I'm saying. I, th- I think ultimately this team um, has a lot more faith in Brett Maher. I think they, I think when everybody else is kind of tightening up their butt cheeks, <laughs> they're, <laughs> like, they're like, Brett Maher is going to hit this. They do it with confidence. I th- You think that instead of calling that timeout there with like 19 seconds, I feel like you get up, you run a play. It, it can be all over the field, right? You're able to spray across all across the field, um, and then you call a timeout in that situation. Um, I, you, hindsight is always 20-20. You, you look at it and say, okay, they won the football game, so they did some things right. But this isn't the first time. This isn't even the second or the third time that we brought up Mike McCarthy and his, his time management as being some of a question mark. Um, but if you're a coach that isn't calling offensive plays and you're a coach that's not calling defensive plays, what like this has to be your expertise, right? Like what are you doing in a day-to-day situation? This is the things that you have to handle. And it didn't cost them here, but who knows what happens moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very alarming. And like I said, or that that moment in time, that moment in time for me, uh, on my Twitter timeline was a little bit of a, um, you know, someone check on Dave because it was, it got very, very bad. I really need to uh, stay off of Twitter, but it's very hard. Um, you know, it, it's very hard to do that. But now look, 
one and one is a beautiful feeling right now. When you look at the schedule, when it started, we said this, we said this, we all went on record and said, if they can split the first two, if they can split the first two, we're going to be in good shape. You know what I mean? So how do you feel right now heading into a Giants game? I'll start with Tony as Aiden joins us, rejoins us. We're good to go. Uh, Aiden. Um, how do you feel going into that giant game now in which let's all call it how we see it for the first time ever. There will be two members of the first and 10 podcasts in the same place at the same time as me and Tony will take over the parking lot and do what we got to do to make sure we plant our flag out there as Cowboys Nation. We will be in attendance. Tony, how are you feeling about a one and one record right now as opposed to what you felt like at zero and one? You know, it's 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 I think, like you said, you hit it on the head with the we all envision this team starting the season one on one. It's much different than we all thought it was going to be, but we're still where we thought we were going to be. So we're we're at the point where like it doesn't matter what it looks like. We're one and one. I I think the Giants are a mirage at two and zero. Oh. I don't think they're as good as the two and zero. Oh. I think they they just find a way to be scrappy and. But it could easily gone either way against these teams. We're gonna go into a Giants game. I say with Cooper Rush, that is a winnable football game. Now, I like you. You mentioned my tweet that got some. You know, I, I was taking heat from a lot of people. I just think that if we could win one game in this stretch with Dak Prescott is out, I think that we'll still just be fine. Um, but now I think I have a little bit more ambitions. I think Cooper Rush can go and beat the Giants. I think he can beat Washington. I think the Rams are still a very tough game. So I'm, you know, now if we can come out of this two and two, three and one, like. Now Dak Prescott's coming back, you know, do you rush him? You know, if, if he's playing well and you got well, against the, you know, it's like there's an urgency there if you're 0-4 and now you're looking at the Eagles and if you lose that game, then you're like, oh my God, like we might be far out of this thing before, you know, middle of October. But um, ultimately you feel pretty good about the way they are. Uh, this win does a lot for this football team. Yeah, Parsons has already got on record saying, you know, he's he's in the locker room right now saying, I just, I just want to prove all the doubters wrong. A lot of people doubted them, and they don't doubt each other. So they're playing good as a cohesive unit. Jerry Jones also did go on record already as people are listening to this early on in their Monday morning. Jerry Jones said that the timetable for Dak Prescott will not change regardless of Cooper Rush's, um, you know, success or anything like that. This isn't a Tony Romo situation, but it's like again why 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 do you have to say anything Aiden why 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 does why does he have to go out there and, and just take the suck the air right out of us and say like hey I know we won and hey I know you're feeling good but hey I gotta talk about Dak real quick like let Dak just heal the fact that the guy is on the sidelines to me is a bad move for the Cowboys it really is because it's like you're you're not suiting up another guy so like that one really bugged me but again is it great to see him out there, you know, waving his one hand, you know, like I'm great, you know, wonderful. Aiden, your confidence level now, we're 0-1, now we're 1-1. Everybody, all three of us kind of had him 1-1 in the in the first two. Cooper Rush is your quarterback for the foreseeable next at least two, three games. How are you feeling about this team overall, man? I'm not going to lie. I thought this was going to be an 0-2 team after the Cincy game, so – and that was assuming we had Dak. And so now that we're one and one with Cooper Rush leading one of those games, I'm feeling significantly better. I, I wouldn't say significantly better. There's still a lot of problems. I'm still worried about, somewhat worried about the offensive line. They played well today. But I think this team's kind of coming into their own in terms of they are who we thought they were going to be. Like, yeah, they're going to have some offensive problems, but the defense is really going to keep them in a lot of the, a lot of these games. And so heading into like the Giants game next week, Daniel Jones might put up three points. I mean, this defense I, is legit. It, it's going to carry us through the season. I hope Kellen Moore can get the offense clicking again. We'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we go through the week, you can tune into Blogging the Boys, the podcast network, and guys will be previewing this game as it gets closer. But us forecasting ahead of time, you would think that the Giants, based off their first two wins, they win one on a missed field goal, and then they win one on, you know, Baker Mayfield just being Baker Mayfield, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I look at the Giants team, and I'm like, all right, they're 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 a scrappy bunch, but, you know, Daniel Jones is not on the level of Joe Burrow or Tom Brady. So it's like... We're going to see what this guy and what that team is all about next week, and it's going to be a very, very hostile environment uh, for the Dallas Cowboys who are going on the fir- on the road for the first time this year. So that's interesting to me. You know, I know Cooper Rush is very capable of winning a game on the road. We saw him do it last year. So hopes are high right now. Tony, we'll, we'll start with you. Outside the obvious, obviously Cooper Rush does his thing. Brett Maher puts it through. Micah Parsons doing his thing. Give me a game ball. Who are you giving this game ball to? We're like, man, thank you for playing the way you did because without your play and without whatever he did, you know, we would have never been in the situation to win the game. Yeah. So um, for me, it, it's tough. It's, I'm, I'm thinking of two names. So I'm just going to say them both. And I'll kind of give a reason why I think Donovan Wilson, right? He stepped into a role with J. Ron Curse out that has been carved out by Dan Quinn. That's his guy. He's going to play down by the line. He's going to cover tight ends. He's going to just be a mismatch for offenses. Donovan Wilson was out there laying wood. I mean, my guy was hitting people left and right. He did have that one penalty that's tough, obviously, but, you know, the guy's out there just playing football. So I think Donovan Wilson stepped in. He's had two good weeks in a row of playing some good quality football, and this is a guy that I didn't have making the 53 originally as, like, a surprise cut. Um, Donovan Wilson has shut me up. He's made me, you know, think that, like, this guy is a valuable man member of this team and second it's Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs the official stats and I put it up put it up on my Instagram Trayvon Diggs Jamar Chase two catches 14 yards I mean that is a bona fide stud in this league with Joe Burrow that he's had a connection with since college and he's pretty much had him down to a dull roar the whole the whole game without that situation Jamar Chase Joe Burrow they have the chance to take this game over and kind of just put it put it on its head um so it's if I could give one big game ball it'd be to the defense but those are the two guys I'm going to single out Aiden, who stepped up for you, man? This is, I want to give it to the entire offensive line today. I'm going to give it to Tyler Smith because I want to get a little bit more specific. But I felt like Cooper Rush had all day to throw today. And that's something that Dak obviously didn't have last week. And last week, Dak threw for 4.6 yards per attempt. And so going into this game, I thought with a weak offensive line, at least relatively weak offensive line, and with Cooper Rush, who historically keeps it close to the line of scrimmage, there's no way he's going to be able to air it out. He threw for 7.6 yards per attempt today. Like Cooper Rush was able to get the ball downfield, and that's why the offense looked the way it did at times, where especially in the first half. It's because that offensive line was blocking so well, and specifically Tyler Smith, I thought, looked incredible. You know, let me inject real quick. Um, there's a real possibility that Jason Peters is ready to go next week uh, and there's a real possibility that Michael Gallup is ready to go so this offense might be getting a little more juice so um, you know obviously those are both both question marks that we're going to follow throughout the 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 rest of the week but those are two guys that the Cowboys have a chance that they did not have these first two weeks of actually being a factor and I think that only helps the Cowboys yeah yeah it's definitely they're getting healthy uh, and that's a good thing the only Obviously, the only one that stands out is that Dak's hurt, you know, and we don't have our quarterback, but Cooper Rush comes in there and gives it. And obviously, like I said, I'm not giving the obvious to Cooper Rushes of the world or or even Noah Brown. I'll say, like, he played great, and I would do that. But there's a, a significant thing happening on this defensive line, and, and I want to give my game balls to the defensive line 
not named Demarcus Lawrence because we know what we expect out of Demarcus Lawrence. But everybody stepped up on that D-line. Joe Mixon, for the most part, there was a couple of chunk plays, but for the most part, he didn't have nowhere to go, man. He was he was dead to rights a lot. Played They, they just played their asses off, and they, and they played really well. I also, on the flip side of the coin, now you know on this network in general, blogging the boys across the board, ain't nobody going to defend Ezekiel Elliott more than I am, right? And I want to give him those hard-earned 53 yards, right? He, he definitely did his thing. But tonight, Tony Pollard showed us that he's a grown-ass man. You know what I mean? Like that dude, when the ball is in his hands, he is outstanding. It needs to continue. Both of those guys need to be on the field at the same time, throw a couple defenses off and throw them for a loop. But Tony Pollard is a flash and dash and just go. You know, like I know it's the the tiny things that you see, but like nine times out of ten when a ball gets either thrown in the flat or, or a handoff left off tackle, a lot of these running backs, they decide to go west and then go towards the sidelines. This guy is always going downhill, and he's such a – he doesn't come off as this bruiser-type running back, but he's always running nose first, and, and that's the kind of run – and runner that you need on this team for us to control the clock. You know, I'm a psychopath. As soon as the, as soon as the game's over, as soon as, as, soon as the game got to like 17, three, I'm like, all right, there's like 33 minutes left of football. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to kick <laughs> down the clock and how can we manage this clock? I listen, if I was the offensive coordinator up 17, three, I probably would be a little bit conservative too. But as the people that call this and, and the, the media that follows this team, you want aggression because you got to put your foot on the throat of teams that can score in bunches like the Bengals. What we did to the Bengals on the defensive side of the ball was impressive. You know, it's something to hang your hat on. And now going forward, you know, you got a couple games ahead of you now with the Giants on the road and then back for Washington. You know, we could be talking a, a completely different tune in, in a good way in two weeks from now. You know what I mean? But again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And we're, you know, the, the Giants are going to be a pesky game and ain't going to be a runaway. I don't foresee that happening overall, but game balls given out. One last thought from each of you guys uh, to kind of put a bow on this as, you know, hidden yardage will, will follow us today. And then obviously the writers block on Tuesday and then we get set right away. We flip the script and get ready for New York. Aiden, your final thoughts about the Cowboys 20 to 17 victory over the Bengals. Yeah, I think we did a good job of tying a bow on this game. So I actually want to look across the league because there was a game that had pretty big implications for the Cowboys this week. And I want to talk about the Tampa Bay game. Because my two takeaways from watching the Tampa Bay game were, number one, this Tampa Bay defense, I think, is significantly better than we assumed after we watched the Cowboys play this week. Like, it was a lot of, oh, the Cowboys offense looks horrible. After watching that Tampa Bay game today where the Buccaneers essentially held the Saints to three points through the entire game, they had a garbage time touchdown. I'm like, okay, this Tampa Bay defense might be the best defense in the NFL, and it might not even be that close. And number two... Look what happens to Tom Brady when he doesn't have receivers either. This is the best quarterback of all time. Losing Mike Evans, doesn't have Julio, essentially is throwing to Russell Gage and Brad Bradshaw Perryman. Looked looked vulnerable and he looked bad today. And so all I'm saying is and and he was given Wednesdays off for the rest of the year. So how about that? You know, that made news and headlines for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why that's a thing. Every veteran in the league gets off on a Wednesday. But of course, if Tom Brady gets off, we got to know his bowel movement on a Wednesday. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Tony, your your final takeaways from week two as the Cowboys move to one and one. Yeah, I kind of just want to touch on like. I love when the, this team proves me wrong. Um, I tried to be honest, and I absolutely did not have this game as a win for this team. I, I actually picked the Cowboys to lose 20-7. to seven. But 
this is the type of stuff that this team is going to have to move forward. They show grit. I think they're taking on the identity of Micah Parsons, taking on the identity of Demarcus Lawrence. This is what this 2022 football team is going to be about. It's going to be about that underdog, tough mentality. You know, they're going to have Trayvon Diggs. You see him out there. He's kind of just quietly like doing his job. Mike Parsons quietly doing his job. You don't even see Demarcus Lawrence on the stat sheet, but you know what his impact is. Um, this team, and like I said, they've proven it right now. Doesn't matter if it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott. This team has pieces around you to find a way to grit and, and fight out a W. Um, we got to do it a few more times before we get our get our leader back. But um, we're sitting here one and one, feeling good about the fact that this this team can get it done and um, you know bring on the Giants Monday Night Football. That's gonna be the first uh, road test, like you said, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look, the Cowboys went into this one. I wrote the Cowboys off as soon as, you know, as soon as the Bengals kept converting on the way down, I said, as soon as they score a touchdown, they're going to get the two, and that's just going to be the way. And then the do- and the, ca- the Cowboys will go out, and they'll go three and out, or Rush will throw a pick. I had no – You know why, Dave? Because we've seen it before. Right. We've seen we, it like, so many times they've before. They've hurt me and us in so many ways that you just see these things happening and developing right before your eyes. And the way even the last drive was playing out where I'm just like – they can't possibly be playing for this bomb of a field goal. I was like, you just saw the Broncos. I mean, the, the Broncos try to do that last week. Like, you just don't settle for stuff like that. Go down and score a touchdown. But again, look, I can't say enough about the grit of this defense. I can't say enough about Cooper Rush. Kind of just not silencing the critics because nobody actually put expectations on Cooper Rush. They're just like, all right, we'll see what we got. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to write him off and say, like, ah, he's trash. Like, it's not even close to being that. You know what I mean? Like, he's a capable quarterback. Tony Romo was talking him up big. He said the guy wasn't afraid of anything. He went in there, he did his job, and he got the job done. So with that, the Dallas Cowboys moved to one and one, as we said plenty of times on this, because we don't know how many times it'll happen this year. But every time it does, we just got to say it over and over again. The Cowboys do get this win here tonight in Dallas as they focus their shift or shift their focus. How about that? Uh, Over to the New York football Giants. In New York on a Monday night, it is a longer week. So if there is any injuries that I don't know if you guys have heard anything from McCarthy as far as injuries are concerned, but nothing so far on the surface as far as anybody getting out of here. So we get out of here kind of unscathed, and I guess we'll see what they bring back as now a long week of recovery is in order. So probably a victory Monday tomorrow for the first time in 2022, which is fun, and then they'll get back to work on Tuesday. So with that. It's been another show. It's been another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. We want to thank you guys for listening. And, of course, if you're digging what you hear every single Monday morning, win or loss, uh, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, uh, do all that good stuff for us. We have a great lineup of podcasts um, that surface every day. Uh, every day is a kickoff show, and then there's there's the meat and potatoes for every day on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. There's also a roundtable on Tuesday nights where sometimes you can catch all three of us on there. Uh, I don't know about this week, but. It is what it is. Let's let's celebrate this one. Let's enjoy this Sunday night. For Dave Sturgeo, Aiden Davis, and, of course, Tony Catalina, this has been another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. The Cowboys get a win 20-17. to 17. We'll see you guys next week to preview the Giants and the Cowboys game. So that'll be interesting. For the first time, we won't be reviewing a game. We'll be previewing, giving our game picks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Take care, guys. 